Hey contractors, welcome to the Contractor's Playbook. I'm your host, Michael Gogan, and on this podcast, we will be talking with experts in the industry and getting real about their failures, successes, and lessons learned. I'll be joined in studio by our producer, Isaac Moore. Man, Isaac, what a great conversation we just had with Boris Altman, Premier Claims. Um, Boris is just a great, great human being, hardworking. Uh, He has a, a ton of really good takeaways here. Um, the nugget that he drops at the end of the episode is just, it's, it's unreal. I'm not yeah. going to spoil that one, yeah. but one that I, I wanted to key on is his, va- like how much he values asking others for help and, yeah. and growing himself as a professional. And he, he talks about the importance of that for contractors as well as, you know, if you're not used to doing something, you've never done something, find somebody to partner with on it. And I, I think it's so important and it's it takes a lot of humility and you've got to be humble to do it. But yeah. uh, Boris is a big believer in it. Yeah, he's a very uh, people centric person. And I think that's a there's just a ton of value in, in lessons to take away packed up in that with how much you need people around you to help you become a better person, a better contractor, a better business owner, whatever it is. So valuable stuff from Boris here. Yeah, absolutely. Boris is all about relationships and, and building those relationships. Uh, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. What's up, everyone? We are back at Contractors Playbook. Today, we are joined by Boris Altman with Premier Claims, a public adjusting firm uh, nationwide. Uh, Boris, thanks so much for taking some time and uh, jumping on with us today. Yeah, thank you, Michael. And thank you, Company Camp, for having us. Yeah. Uh, so Boris, you and I have known each other for a long time now. Uh, one of my good friends in the industry. Um, haven't seen each other as much lately because of the, you know, state of the country here the last uh, eighteen months or so. We've we've been a little locked down, but uh, how how's life been with uh, you guys there at Premier Claims? Uh, staying busy. I know the weather's been been definitely busy here the last eighteen months. Uh, has has business been the same? Uh, business has actually been a lot, a lot more um, from the time of the shutdown. I mean, we went from the derecho storm uh, to all those hurricanes to all the massive hailstorms that we've been having with additional winds, and we're now pacing up and getting ready for the the new hurricane season coming this year. So, I, I feel like we haven't had a chance to breathe, which is never a bad thing. But um, we're consistently staying busy day in and day out. Yeah, and that's I think that's a perfect place for us to kind of dig in. So you're as a public adjuster, obviously you're you're on you're working on behalf of homeowners, but you're working alongside contractors all day every day. And we've seen an abnormally busy 18 months. I mean, like you said the derecho, the hurricanes, decent hail season, you skipped right over that crazy freeze that we had and water everywhere. So so contractors have been been busy. What are you seeing out there from the successful contractors, you know, getting through COVID, handling all of these, you know, different weather events? What are the successful guys doing to help kind of keep them keep them afloat and handle not not keep them afloat from a revenue thing, but keep them afloat from all of the business that's out there and, you know, not drowning in all of these different events and, you know, stay in the course. Have you noticed any like patterns to the guys that are successful versus the guys that are maybe struggling? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. There's a there's a company out there, uh, Perimeter Roofing. They're uh, headquartered out of Georgia. They have offices in Texas, Tennessee, Florida, North Carolina, a few different states all over the country. And one thing that I've noticed in their success, the way that they've consistently been able to meet with their clients, being able to take all their adjuster meetings when they're not using us, is that they're working as a team. And you can I can really tell by their social media, but the way they do it. Typically, you know, at, in a sales role, you want to make sure that you're securing a deal and you're bringing all that money home to your family, right? These guys work side by side together. When you drive by a property that they're looking at, they have five or six guys up on the roof and they're marking it. They're working together. They're not really worrying about what they're bringing home to the table because if they're building and, and uh, producing the amount that they are, they're going to have enough, uh, you know, food on the table to eat. But they're working together and covering each other's backs when the other person can't. And I think that's one of the most successful things that a business can do is rely on each other to make sure that they can get through the busy season that we've been having. I mean, it's just been nonstop. One storm after another. It doesn't matter what state you're in. Yeah, that's a great point because, you know, that that's the nature of sales is I want to eat, uh, eat what I kill. Um and I, I want to bring it all home to myself. But when that lead flow gets to a, a, a number that or a level that's not manageable for, you know, a single guy, because it's possible, you know, it's like you may think you can run all of these appointments, but you're not doing it to your fullest ability. You're not actually closing those deals. Uh, so I love that that concept of teamwork um, is that with perimeter for you know, we'll dive specifically into that one. Is that something that is kind of a top-down approach where, you know, the owner is saying, hey, we're a team, we're a family, this is how we do things and kind of setting the tone for the culture? Is that kind of where that's coming from? Because we're going to have contractors listening to this, and I'm sure some of them are listening right now saying, no, there's no way I could do this team aspect in my company, which maybe there's not. But my guess is Perimeter is a top-down organization that says, hey, we're a team, we're a family. This is how we do things. Is that kind of what you get when you talk to them? Their culture is definitely team and family oriented, but I have never actually, and I've been into a lot of the meetings uh, where, they're, where they're meeting with their entire staff when they do their bi-weekly meetings. And I've never seen them say, you have to do this. It's something that I've noticed that these guys are partnering up with each other internally. They feel like they have more value that way. One guy might understand something better than the other person and they leverage that, right? They're coming and meeting with their homeowners and property owners and commercial building owners together. They're showing, they're showing the client what's behind that one person. And that's one of the biggest aspects of it. You know, like at Premier Claims, we have an organization. So you might just be talking to me, but I have a whole team funneling behind it. They're able to show what they're bringing to the table by bringing all their guys out there. They're bringing an army. And that army aspect, I mean, they're getting a lot of stuff covered on the field without having to use a public adjuster, an attorney, or an appraiser or something along those lines. Um, but I don't feel like the ownership is telling them they have to do this because I've definitely seen some of their guys, you know, on a busy day, go out to a property and inspect it. But I've also seen in the aspect of one guy having an adjuster meeting, but he also has two adjuster meetings and somebody on their team just steps up, hey, I'll take that meeting for you or I'll be there for you. And they're not worrying about the money that's coming in there because it all comes around at the end of the day. And I've never seen these guys trying to get to the surface, trying to get some air because they're so busy, because they're working so, you know, so collaboratively together. 
Yeah, I love that that story and that example because we're on the contractor's playbook. So I always love to tie something in the sports world to it. And we, you know, we're not far removed from the NBA finals. And I don't know if you could find a better team when it comes to true playing team basketball than the Bucks. Like you watch that and you've got Chris Middleton on on that roster that he would be a star on almost every NBA team. And here he was being willing to, you know, kind of take that back seat to Giannis. But when time comes that maybe the last second shot needs to be taken, they go to Chris or maybe Giannis is in foul trouble or on the bench. They go to Chris. And then you got Drew Holiday that's doing all the dirty work. And, you know, he'll have a big scoring game here and there, but he's doing all those little things. And so, you know, hearing your your example of perimeter roofing, and I'm saying to myself, that's that's the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, they've they've got their guys and they know what they're good at and they just they worry about doing what they're great at for the good of the whole. And I think that's a really valuable thing uh for for these contractors to to keep in mind. And I think the reason perimeters never having to tell their guys this is what we do, this is how we do it, is because they've built a culture of this is what we do and this is how we do it. I mean, I know you're an Alabama football fan and I guarantee you a freshman walks into that locker room day one of fall camp and I bet he figures out real quick, this is what we do, this is how we do it and I bet you Coach Saban never has to say a word and by the end of that first week, he's going to know exactly what goes into Alabama football and that that's a really important thing for contractors that are owners of companies to keep in mind is what's our culture? What does it produce? What does it lead to? I want to also kind of pivot slightly here because we were talking about being busy, busy season. Texas had that abnormal freeze this year and you always have jobs that maybe come up that are out of your, your norm. Uh, if you're a residential roofer, maybe you have a huge commercial job land, land in your pipeline. Um, if you're in that case, you know, you're a roofing contractor in Texas, you're getting a lot of flood calls, you know, when the when that big freeze happened. How important is it for contractors to either stay in their lane or reach out to other contractors to help them get through those type of uh, claims, whether it be a large commercial job, a flood that they're not used to? Because I, I know that's that's probably a really difficult thing for a contractor to do. And it's very humbling to have to say, I can't handle this but there's a lot of money out there. How important is it when you are thinking about that and you see contractors that they don't try to just handle it on their own and they do reach out and get some help from, you know, other contracting companies. I mean, it's kind of funny as you were explaining this, the whole thing in my head was just repeating over and over, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. And then all of a sudden you just say, stay in your lane. And it's important. I mean, you have to always understand that at the end of the day, this is not our project. This is the property owner's project, right? We're just blessed to be able to come in and be able to do the work. And so if you've never done interior work in your life, there's no reason to start on a big job, right? It's a time for you to bring somebody else in and learn. And it's not, it's the most humbling thing you could do, but it's also the most strategic thing you could do for your business. Why would you want to, you know, try something new for the first time? And it may go right but it may go wrong. You might've never seen this labor crew in your life 
do a drywall uh, drywall job, but you've always seen them write, run down felt on the roof and run shingles on a roof. You've just never seen them do interior work. And it's not a, the time to test that out. What the time is to do there is to bring somebody and partner with somebody. You don't have to use them for the rest of your career, but it's a great opportunity to partner with them, build a relationship with somebody in your area that as you're staying busy, because you might have a situation like you had in Texas where um, they came in and everybody was getting ready for hail season and all of a sudden pipers started coming in, snow started falling in. And they started grasping themselves into doing a lot of this interior work and all of a sudden the hail season came. And now they're just running around with their heads cut off. And not saying that every contractor is doing that, but they bit off more than they can chew. And now, now they're learning something new. At the same time, now they're over slammed with hail work. And now what do you do? Do you just give up jobs? Um, do you now try starting to find somebody to help you where, where now you're at a time where everybody's so busy that you're not going to be able to, you know, get help. So I definitely encourage others that if you've never done a TPO job before in your life, partner with somebody, give up a little bit of that money. You're still going to make money, still going to make profits from it, but the value you're going to learn from bringing somebody that is educated into this is going to be way more tremendous and beneficial down the road that you're going to get 100% of the pie later on, right? I mean, you're not in this business for the next one to three years. You're in this business for, I mean, hoping if you're an owner for the rest of your life and grow this for your family and the next generation after that. Yeah, such a great point. I I know for a fact that there's contractors that were gearing up for hail season. The freeze happened. They saw the potential for fast money in their eyes. And they said, yeah, we can do these things. Um yeah, we can handle interior work. Yeah, we can handle the this type of a, uh, you know, damage. And it's such a different beast that there's contractors that took those jobs on during the freeze that are probably still finishing jobs up or have jobs in their pipeline interior work when the jobs that they can churn and burn on the roof, they they probably like you said either had to pass them up or give them away because they just didn't have the bandwidth. And so I think that concept of staying in your lane is so important. Uh, but I, I want to dive it deeper into where you talked about giving up just a little bit to get that education because I think that, you know, you and I are both fairly young to the contracting world. But I've seen a shift even from when I first got in with Company Camp till today that we're in a time where it's much more reasonable for people to reach out for help and to learn. And you see contractors helping contractors all the time. Give up a little bit of that up front on the first three or four times you're doing a TPO job. So that way in three, five years, when you have a huge TPO job land in your pipeline that you say, yeah, we've done this. I Here's a past work that we've done. I'm going to sell this job. Um, is that something you've noticed as well that contractors are less, you know, me, 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 and more. Let's lift this entire industry. Let's help each other. Let's make sure that everybody's doing a good job so that we get a better look on the industry as a whole. Is that something you're you're seeing when you're out on the road as well? I've seen it a lot more, um, a lot more today. I had a call from uh, Jordan Dillard from Inspector Roofing. And anybody that's listening, this guy is always trying to learn. I mean, he calls me all the time just asking for information. And he called me the other day and he said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm getting into growing our business a lot more. And one of the things that I am not gaining is a network. Right. 
And that's, that's just something that I didn't see, you know, three, four years ago is people reaching out and asking for help that I'm seeing a lot more, right? He's like, can you connect me with other contractors that are in different markets, not just in the market that I'm in, but in other states, that something that they're seeing differently when maybe they're talking to customers or they're building out a specific job that I can learn from. And that's the stuff that we all need to strive for. I mean, every single person needs to be able to ask for help. I mean, it's, it's, it's never going to make you feel less of a, less of a business owner, less of a sales rep, less of a builder. It's only going to make you a better person, right? I mean, like, think about it. If you took that thousand square, your first thousand square TPO job and you botched it, right? How many more TPO jobs are you going to get? How much marketing material can you put out? Are you going to be able to take that company cam before and after photo and be like, wow, this was so much better? Or are you able to, you know, give a little piece of the pie away and bring somebody in for those two, three, four jobs that when you do get a 10,000 square foot, I mean, 10,000 square uh, TPO job, you're well more equipped for it. You know exactly what labor crews to bring in. You know exactly the material that you need to build in there. You know the project managers you need to put in the place to make sure that they oversee that job so that you're just funneling more TPO jobs or EPDM jobs down the road because you are well more equipped from it. You're more educated on it. And then you don't need anybody to help you. And then what do you do after that? You got to give that knowledge back away, right? Um, What you learn in this industry, if you get it for free, there is no reason on earth that you shouldn't turn around and give that information to the next person. Right, we're not in a competitive market. As long as much as you want to look around and see as many roofers as you can around you, we're all still eating at the end of the day. There's more roofs out there. There's more properties out there than there are all of us out there. So it's important to make sure that we we transcribe what we learn to the next generation or the next roofers that are coming into this industry. Not because we need to be selfish, but in the sense of we need to be selfish in the fact that we want everybody to be good around us. So they're not looking at the roofers, the public adjusters, the attorneys that as horrible people bringing bad reputation to our industry. I love it. And I think of uh, my buddy, your buddy, um, or buddies actually, Jonathan Sherwood and and Paul Reed. Like they're, they're constantly on large jobs helping people. And I would even bet money that if you bring in that right person, not saying you have to bring in Jonathan or Paul, but just bring someone in to help you on a project you've never done before, the amount of money that you're going to pay them to help you on it, they're probably going to bid that thing so competitively that and so accurately that you're not even going to notice. You know, if you go in and try to bid a job you've never done before, you're probably going to mess something up and lose money on it. You know, it's and so bringing in that expert is so valuable. Um, so for me, like part one of this is, hey, grow, help each other. Uh, so important uh, for you. You know, you're on the road a lot. Are you seeing any like any other trends that, you know, contractors are doing to kind of push them forward? Obviously learning, growing. Uh, but what are these what are these contractors doing out there that um, you're seeing kind of push them forward? I have an idea. I want to see what you say and then we'll kind of go from there with it. I did a I did a podcast with Eric from DM Roofing out in Omaha. And that was actually a question that I asked during it. How are you preparing for storms? 
And one of the things that he pushed out there is making sure that you're, you're ready for it, right? And that's being ready for it two, three, four months prior to it, right? If you're in an area that you know hail is going to fall at least once every two to three years, or you know you're going to get a hurricane, or maybe you don't know, right? But you're putting your staff in a place. That's the most important thing. Do you have the right staff put into place? And are you hiring ahead of time and educating these guys ahead of time? So one of the biggest things is making sure that your staff, right? Forgive the learning. The learning is something that is definitely necessary. But in order to have a successful business, you have to be surrounded by the people that are going to help grow your business, right? Do you have the right sales guys in there? Are they bringing the core values that you have instilled into your company in there, right? If you have tenacity or uh, you have honesty or whatever it is that uh, your foundation is built on, it's important that you bring people into your organization that are going to be able to grow your brand, right? So the most important thing that I would say is make sure that you're hiring properly, right? Making sure that you're not bringing guys in that are going to be sending Zelle checks over to their personal bank accounts. And then you're dealing with a headache of trying to collect money. And then the homeowner's like, oh, I already paid your guy, right? Making sure you're bringing honest, reputable people into your business uh, is really going to what's going to set you apart and for success when you do get into the busy time of the year. Such a seemingly simple piece of advice there, but that is a make or break kind of thing, having the right people around. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more from the Contractor's Playbook. This episode of the Contractor's Playbook is brought to you by CompanyCam. CompanyCam makes it dead simple to communicate, document, and problem solve with guys in the field, no matter where you are. Check out CompanyCam and CompanyCam Pro, now with video. And we are back with Boris Altman. Here is your host, Michael Gogan. For sure. And we, we've actually had Eric on our podcast as well. Great interview. Um, so now we've got two pieces of, of a puzzle. And I, I think that you can honestly overcomplicate this puzzle. Uh, you got to have great, great people. Got to hire the right people. Um, I talked to Benny Fisher, uh, you know, not too long ago. And he talked about hiring to his values and training them to what they want to be able to do. And I, I, I think that's so important. And I know Eric does that as well. Eric's going to bring in people that fit the DNM values, um, mission, those kind of things. I've got to be humble enough to learn and to grow as an owner. And I've got to find ways to train my people and make sure that they're growing and getting better professionally as well. Personally, I think the third piece to the puzzle is, and I've got to have jobs, I have to build relationships. And that's, to me, that's the thing. Like, yes, I can run marketing in the short term. Yes, I can go door knock in the short term. But how do I build that everlasting brand? And to me, it's relationships. And I think that that's something you're really, really good at. Um, I think we probably both came from the same school of where we build our relationships or where we learned, you know, upfront the value of relationships. But personally, how much of an effort do you spend on growing your network and building those relationships? Um, and how much have you seen that as far as like success goes, equating to success? Does your does your network and your relationships go hand in hand with the success that you're having at Premier Claims? 1,000%. Relationships, and I, I, I say this to all the guys that work for us, is relationships is the most important thing that you could ever have in 
not even in your business, but in just in general life, right? Who wants to work with somebody that isn't, isn't somebody that's good to talk to, who doesn't care about you, right? And I transcribe that in there and nothing personal, right? If I, if I don't enjoy picking up the phone and having a conversation with you or my values don't align with your values, it's nothing personal. It's just like we maybe not shouldn't mesh our business together, right? We can be cordial or whatnot. But at the end of the day, you really want to invest your time in somebody that you're enjoying to invest your time with, right? There's property management companies out there that we just don't align with. And I there's there's no reason for me to push that in there. But if I can build a friendship out of something and educate them on what I do, I think there's way more value in that. And that's how I would say about 90% of the business that I get comes from the relationships that I've built on over the past few years. And I continuously invest my time into it, right? If somebody is going through something, I'm making sure that I'm checking on them because I really do care at the end of the day, like not because they're sending the business, right? I always tell everybody, the business is always going to come. It's never going to stop, right? But those people are what's, what's most important. You need to make sure that they're, they're doing all right, that everything is, is good in their wheelhouse because that negative energy can transcribe over to you. And you want to make sure that people around you are sitting in positive energy. So um, I definitely always encourage people to invest their time in the networking, growing, learning other things about other people, because what you learn from one person, you can actually pass on to the next for sure. And I, I know that, you know, like I said, you and I probably, you know, went to went to the same school on that upfront where we we saw somebody that we had a relationship with and how how much time and effort they spend into building relationships and building that network out there, all the social media platforms, those kind of things, being on podcasts, being on webinars, it's it's something that I, I feel is very important even for myself. I try to always be building relationships, always adding to the network. I personally believe that the number one thing of it, though, is that it has to be genuine. You know, I, I'm not going to have somebody join me on the podcast just because I think that it, they're going to get us a lot of listens. I'm having them on because, you know, it's going to be a good conversation. It's somebody I want to talk to. Is that how you're building your network as well? Because you kind of alluded to it when you said, you know, there are property management companies out there that we don't mesh with. So how difficult, or let me back up. How difficult is it to say no to that property management company potentially or that job potentially, that client? And how good is it for your business big picture? Because, you know, short term, it's probably not good to say no to somebody that may bring you work. But from a big picture perspective, how valuable is it to be able to say, hey, that's not the right client for us. We should just go on, you know, no harm, no foul type of thing. So I'll tell you this, our team, uh, we definitely did a big shift over the past 12 months and saying no has been engraved into a big part of our business now. Um, so we do a full review before we take on a claim. Before we always wanted to be able to help everybody. And after, you know, years of trying to help everybody, you learn that you can't help everybody at the end of the day, right? As much as like you might be able to do the work, but at the end of the day, you might not be that person to help them, right? And so I would say right in the beginning of COVID, we really did a big shift in uh, learning to say the word no. And that was hard at first. It was hard. We thought man, people are going to be upset when we say, no, we can't take your claim or no, we can't work with you. But you look at it from then to now, 
it's helped our business, right? You, you, you never want to take on, it goes back to, don't take on a job that you can't do, but it's not that you can't do, it's, do you want to deal with a person that, if you're talking about a property manager that is doing that insurance claim for the wrong reason, right? A contractor brought you in and you learn that that property manager or that property owner is most likely after that claim is paid, it's just going to take the money and run. That's not a good fit for anybody, right? They're, we're not going to get paid fully because they're not going to get the depreciation released out. It might ruin the relationship between the contractor because you know, that contractor might feel that you were the reason why they didn't, they didn't want to do the work. But at the end of the day, if you know from the beginning that that person is in it for the wrong reasons, it's the fastest approach to take it away. If they're not willing to sign a contractor's contingency, your contractor contingency to work with you, um, that might be a, like a red flag right there. Hey, you're going to put in all this work. And then at the end of it, they're picking up, you know, their cousin's brother, sister's down the street friend that does roofing for half the price, right? It's, you always want to make sure that you're saying no at the right times and you're saying yes at the right times as well. Absolutely. And I, I think there's probably even a middle ground where it's, it's a no, but, or a no, and type of situation where, you know, let's, let's go back to the, you know, the pipe burst issue. And if I'm a roofing contractor and the homeowner calls me and they say, Hey, I've got this leak. Can you come out and take a look at it? We had some pipes burst. What perfect time to say yes, but you know, yep, I can come look at it. I get there and realize, no, this, this is not in our lane, but you know what, Mr. or Mrs. Homeowner, let me help you get somebody that's going to take care of this for you because now what have I done? I've just added somebody to my network. I've just built a relationship with a property owner. I'm not doing the work. I'm, I'm not making any money. I'm going to refer this off to Joe's plumbing, but I've now added a property owner to my network. Potentially, if Joe's Plumbing wasn't in my network, I just added a contractor to my network. And now, guess what's going to happen? When they need a roof, hopefully they remember that I helped them. Is there a chance they don't? Absolutely. But I did right by the homeowner. I did right by the other contractor. He's going to run into a job someday where he needs a roofing contractor. Hopefully, he remembers me. You know, it's it can't be a, always just a hard no. I, I, in your case, yes. If they're in it for the wrong reasons, no, let's move on. But I, I also think like, man, can I help these people out and not profit on the front end? You bet. And I'm a big believer in if you do that, good is going to return to you, but you can't keep score. And I think so often contractors get, they get stuck in this scorekeeping mentality of, Yep, I'm not giving any more jobs to Joe's plumbing because he hasn't sent me anything. Well, maybe he hasn't run across anything, you know, just do right by others. Um, so honestly, this is this has been a really good conversation because I, I didn't go into this saying like, let's, you know, kind of put these things together, but build that relationship. Make sure that you're getting good people. Um, Can and- I have one more thing real quick? I think like, one thing that I, as we've been talking, it's been kind of just floating around in my head. If I could give a, any contractor that's listening in any piece of advice outside of learning and growing and building a team and everything like that, or saying no, right? Even if you say no, or if you say yes, the biggest thing that I can ever teach you guys right now is set the right expectation, right? If you are going to... If, even if you don't listen to me to tell you to partner with somebody or bring somebody in, 
at least set the right expectation. Let that property owner know that it's going to take some time, right? Don't set themselves up in the worst possibility by saying, yep, no problem. It's going to get covered. We'll get it done quickly, fast. And then next thing you know, you're in a bad situation. Undersell yourself every single time, right? And that when you win, you win so much stronger than if you set the bar this high and you come right here, you failed, right? But if you set the bar tremendously lower, and you even if you win by a little bit, you still won at the end of the day. So, I mean, expectations are a major key and resetting those expectations throughout that process, reiterating it, you're always going to have not only a satisfied customer, but you're going to also build into your brand that these guys are always honest and they always deliver a lot stronger. Yeah, I love that. And I, on the contractor's playbook, I always like to wrap it up with basically a question that would have got that answer out from you that, you know, if there's one one piece of advice or one nugget that that you have that you say, man, I wish... I wish I would have known that a long time ago, or I wish I would have started doing that a long time ago. Um, what would that be? So for you, is that you know that setting of expectations? Um, um, yeah, and, one thousand percent. I've, I've, I, the reason I say that is because I've started to engrave that into my daily aspect a lot more over the past few years. Is you're never going to look weaker by setting realistic expectations, but you're going to look way more weak like so much weaker down the road when you set the most unrealistic expectations and you fail every single time, right? You want to, you, you want to be a winner. And the best way to be a winner is setting the realistic expectations and at least setting that person up for failure. Because I mean, it's, we're in a business, especially if you're dealing with insurance, there's no guarantee in this business. I don't care if you bring the best attorney into the mix, the best attorney still is in court every day. There are attorneys out there that win the biggest cases and the best cases, and I guarantee you, they will raise their hand and show that they have lost in court. So it's it's nothing it's nothing to be you know nothing to stroke your ego on. I mean, we just need to make sure that we're setting realistic expectations, especially in the insurance world where we don't have the full control. At the end of the day, it's the insurance company. So to set those right expectations, you'll always win. At the end of the day, yeah. Well, I'm going to leave us with one nugget here, Boris. It's been it's been a pleasure to have you on, uh, but you know that takeaway is something that I'm a big believer of as well. And my nugget, and the thing I always challenge contractors with, and so I'll challenge them that are listening now, is how can you meet expectations for a client if you don't set expectations? If you aren't setting expectations, there's nothing you can meet because now you're trying to achieve what the the client's expectations are without ever knowing what those are. So I love it. Set expectations up front, whether, it, whether it's an insurance job or not. Hey, instead of saying, you know what, we're going to get the, get to this tomorrow. Tell them we'll get to this by Friday. And if you get to it tomorrow, you're a hero as opposed to saying, Hey, we're going to get to this tomorrow. Friday comes around. You still haven't gotten to it. And they're the homeowner or client saying, you got to be kidding me. So I love it. Huge, huge takeaway. So, uh, set expectations. You can't meet expectations that you don't set. So, get them set. Uh, Boris, again, thanks for jumping in with us today. Really appreciate you. And all of you out there listening, appreciate you. And we'll catch you next time. Some great 
combo there with Boris Altman from Premier Claims. Again, big thanks to him for joining us on the Contractor's Playbook. We hope you have enjoyed uh, the content we've been bringing you. We got a lot more coming down the pipeline. But for now, for Michael Gogan and myself, we appreciate you being here. We will see you next time on the Contractor's Playbook.